Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing with your hosts, Asif Khan and Abriana Lopez. All right, we are back with your favorite podcast of the week. This is This Week in Location-Based Marketing, episode number 390. Yeah, 390. Uh, And we are recording live on uh, Tuesday morning, November the 20th. Uh, I guess for you Americans down there, this is a short week coming up, Thanksgiving, right? Yes. Yeah, Um, I am um, heading out tomorrow morning to go home to my parents in South Carolina and um, just relax, spend a little family time, time with the kids and the husband and, you know, deep fried turkey. God, what's not to look forward to, right? Deep fried turkey. All right. Sounds good. The way we do it. Uh, Yeah. yeah, I don't think we've never had deep fried turkey. We just cook it regularly. Oh, you're missing out. You're missing out. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That sounds like a plan. Everybody's kind of like, you know, already pieced out of the office a little bit here and um, things have kind of wound down. We'll pick back up Monday. So maybe people can listen to this on their commute. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Well, it's been a busy week up here too. We're, uh, I'm in like conference land uh, at home here in Toronto. Uh, Three conferences this week. One uh, on a new startup I'm doing um, that I just announced. It's in the sort of cannabis data analytics space because uh, cannabis is legal up here and there's a lot of need for data. Um, so I'm at a conference around that and then a data marketing conference, which I'm speaking at this afternoon uh, with Starbucks and uh, the Canadian Olympic Committee. And uh, and then tomorrow at a venture capital conference because when you're starting a business, you need capital. So there you go. It's, awesome. it's busy. It's busy. busy. Yeah. And then yeah. next week, if you're if you're uh, one of our listeners in Europe, uh, I will be uh, in Europe for four events in four nights. People, uh, we are doing a tour across some of our chapters. Uh, so we're launching a brand new chapter on Monday night, uh, the 26th. That is uh, in Paris, uh, in partnership with S4M. Uh, on Tuesday, the London chapter has an event. On Wednesday, we're launching a, a new chapter in Brussels as well with. Uh, Mobilosoft uh, leading that, uh, and um, and then on Thursday we'll be in Amsterdam. So um, crazy, crazy week next week. Uh, but if you're in Europe in any of those cities or you have clients, partners in those cities, just hit our website and you can sign up for those events. Oh, and I should mention the London event is uh, being sponsored by uh, a company that's brand new to us. Uh, they're called Spike Digital, um, doing some interesting location-based uh, targeting stuff as well. So there you go, Europe next week. Lots of stuff going on. Lots of stuff going on. All right, so we got a good show for you this week. Uh, no guests, uh, just straight and easy. Uh, three industry news stories, three member news stories, and as always, I will let the amazing Abriana kick it off. All right, well, thank you for that nice introduction. I'm going to kick it off with um, a pretty interesting story, actually. This is um, some announcement from Standard Cognition, and they have raised $40 million in funding. And um, their ambition is to take on Amazon Go. So this is obviously like very ambitious, I would say. Um, but if you don't, if you're not familiar with Standard Cognition, what it is, it is it is a um, artificial intelligence-based system, and it is to have um, uh, like shop and go, right? So you shop and you don't have any cash, everything's paid for with the app, you just go in, you turn on your app and you leave the store with whatever you want and you're good to go. It's obviously just added to your cart. Um, now we know that Amazon tested this, right? They had a couple of stores that they tested this in. Um, but what is really interesting about this is that 
they are uh, making this type of, um, I guess, technology available to any retailer that wants to do it, which I find incredible. And I think that's the only possible way they could have taken on Amazon. And uh, they're planning to open like 3,000 stores by 2021. So how else could you possibly do that besides opening this up? Um, so there's already four retail customers. So Asia, North America, and Europe that are um, signing up. They've signed on four retailers already, which is pretty amazing. And then they're also obtaining a critical patent for their technology. So they have a San Francisco um, public market, a cashierless store that's already available and open. So if you're in San Francisco, go check it out. Uh, feel free to you know give us a shout and let us know how the experience was. But yeah, I really feel like the power here is that this is available to all retailers. And um, as a side note, they've raised a total funding of just over $51 million. And so, um, I mean, this is pretty impressive. I think that this is kind of the future of where things are going um, and the ability for any retailer just to engage here. I think it gives a lot of flexibility. I mean, you think about, I don't know, like any store could just jump in on this, right? Um, I'm not sure how much more of a seamless user experience it is. We've talked about this before. So that's my concern. Like what is the user experience? Um, is it better than having a cashier there? Is it better than having a person there? Is the customer service like, well, I have a question about this product or, you know, can I get information on that? Is that all available via the app as well? Um, so these are all like little fine tuned questions and things that I think will start to pan out and figure out as this becomes more popular and great gains traction, but, um, pretty cool announcement. So congratulations to standard cognition and we look forward to seeing what, what happens next. Right. Yeah. I think this is a, a really cool announcement, actually, just the, the ability for any retailer to kind of tap into the same type of technology and seamless experience that Amazon go has been providing. Uh, in particular, I like, I think, you know, the gas convenience category, uh, should be all over this, you know, companies like Seven Eleven and quick trip and shell and all these guys, you know, maybe they don't want to go in, in and invest in, in building out these capabilities on their own when somebody like standard cognition basically has, the tools and the toolkit and just say, Hey, you know, let's, uh, let's sell you this stuff, equip your store, uh, and we'll, we'll teach you how to do it and, and manage it and provide the services around it. So I think this is brilliant. Um, as you say, it's, it's, how do you compete with Amazon, right? Like everybody has to have the capability, uh, and not everybody has the capital to do that on their own. Um, and obviously these guys have raised a good amount to, uh, to kind of grow this out and they've got serious backers. I mean, this is initialized capital. Yeah. Y Combinator, Gary uh, Tan is joining their board, uh, from initialized. I mean, these are big, big players, uh, in the Valley and, and, um, you know, I, I think, um, there's a lot of credibility behind, uh, the company and the people, uh, that are, that are associated with it. So, you know, I expect to see this thing, you know, have some, some level of success. And as you say, with four retailers already signed and, and already looking at this globally, not just, you know, this is a North America thing or an Asia thing, but it's, it's a global thing. Uh, and how do we equip companies to do that? So I like it. There you go. There you go. All right. Our second story. Now there's this, uh, company called goat, uh, G O A T. It's a secondary marketplace for sneakers. Um, are you familiar with these guys, Abrianna? I was checking them out. You know, I, I'm not super familiar with them, but I should be because my brother is like a huge sneakerhead and he yeah. flies all over the world sourcing sneakers for people with lots of money that want like one of a kind 
um, or, you know, like one of a few uh, types of sneakers. So I sent this article to him right away. I thought this was super interesting. Yeah, I was like reading about this. I, I wasn't really aware of these guys either. I'd, I'd heard the name somewhere along the way. And then I just kind of never took the time to investigate it. But I obviously did now when when I, this story came across my radar. So uh, so they are getting uh, involved with Black Friday, obviously, this week. Uh, and all that's going on around the holiday uh, through the creation of an augmented reality experience. Um, so they have this annual Black Friday raffle uh, and they're giving away a thousand prizes, including $10,000 grand prize in credit towards future shoe purchases. Uh, and basically participants can earn raffle tickets by visiting uh, somewhere. They've got 125 points of interest that are significant to sneaker culture. So things like Sneaker Street in Hong Kong, uh, and they've got a place in Armenia where the oldest known leather shoe was discovered. It's 5,500 years old, and they've got, you know, um, other, like places around the world. Uh, they've got like, you know, where Muhammad Ali fought in the Congo and like all kinds of interesting things. And so if you're at any of these places or you, you can kind of go in and, and collect these points uh, of interest, you know, through this AR app uh, experience that they've created, you can earn points that are that qualify you into this raffle draw. Um, and so you receive a notification um, in their featured point, uh, and then you can activate and share the AR objects on your social media as well uh, to redeem the bonus uh, draw. So you can like basically amplify how many tickets you have in the raffle. Uh, by sharing on social media. So I think this is really, really slick. It's, it's uh, you know, we talk a lot about prom some of the promotions, like last week we talked about one, we're like, yeah, it's kind of weak, right? Like it's, you know, the, the jar, for example, right? Um, and we were saying like, why don't they also link this up to social media? Why don't they create ways for to, to amplify and extend the experience? And that's what I see here. And that's why I like about this story. It's not just AR, it's AR plus. Right. And, and so they've layered these things together. Um, so you can enter the draw anytime between now and 1159 uh, p.m. Pacific time on Thursday, November the 22nd. So that's obviously this Thursday. So um, hopefully you're getting this in time uh, as you're as you're driving. But uh, go try it. Go try, check it out. Um, I think it's super cool. Yeah, I really like this. Um, you know, it kind of reminded me of um, there was an Adidas app and I'm sure it's probably still there, but back like a few years ago when Yeezys were dropping and they were like the, the must have shoe. Um, they had a specific app and you had to be within a specific territory. Um, so like here in Atlanta, you couldn't just be in Atlanta. It was like in a specific region of Atlanta and you just had to try to get a shoe. Like, I mean, you would still have to buy it. Right. But like, yeah. it was all about you being within this specific like polygon, um, area that they mapped out, I guess, is like where the shoe enthusiasts were. I don't know. Um, but you know, like it was very interesting to me because my, you know, my brother would be like, look, I'm not going to be anywhere near any of the territories that they're offering the shoes in. Can you like try to get me one? And so it's like, you're always trying to, to get one and you can, I mean, nobody ever, it seems like nobody ever gets one. And then the people who buy them, you know, put them on eBay for like three times the amount that they just got them for. So it is like, such a huge world like the sneaker world is just I mean these people are like crazy over this stuff so something like this where you can actually win something and it's a competition and you're like involving all this cool technology I think that it'll work with this crowd I think they have the right audience for it um you know I do like from my perspective and ease of use I'm like hey why can't everybody participate from wherever why do you have to be near a specific point of interest but I get it like 
I think that you have to make people do something like, how do you know how authentic they are? How like big of a sneakerhead are you? Right. So I think this is pretty cool. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I like this story. I think it's really, really good. They've, they've kind of checked off all of the, the boxes in terms of a, an interactive campaign, in my opinion. Yeah, I really like it too. So um, anyways, good on GOAT uh, for, for making this happen. And uh, hopefully you can celebrate Black, Black Friday with them and get into the sneaker culture. So there you go. There you go. All right. Um, so this next story is like kind of intricate. So hang with me here. But um, this is a company called, or a, an experience, I should say, called Nomads. It's spelled Nomad X, but it's pronounced Nomads. And they're bringing um, what they call Fidgetal, uh, to a plaza in Singapore. Um, first of all, fidgetal is like the worst word I think I've maybe ever heard in my life, but the idea is obviously marrying the physical and the digital. So marrying the convenience of online shopping with the experience of brick and mortar. So nomads, they're featuring all these different stores. Think of like pop-up shops. So there's, um, like, uh, Taobao, Style Theory, Digital Fashion Week. There's like 18 tenants. They set up these temporary homes anywhere from three months to three years. And um, it's equipped with all of this crazy technology, right? So basically they have a cashless payment system set up. Um, so like StarPay set up, you can just do kind of what we were talking about with, um, you know, prior like what Amazon Go is doing, something similar to that. And then you've got in-app e-payments, um, which is through Capitastar and Nets. And so all these different companies coming together for the payments portion of it, right? And what they do is they have this gamified like onboarding process. So you walk into the store. Obviously, um, they, they have like a digital screen that's right in front of you. And they ask you a series of questions. And they try to put you into one of four categories or tribes. So you answer some questions about yourself, like what you um, and it might be like pictures, right? And you just have a few seconds to answer it. Like, where do you want to adventure, you know, out of these four? Um, and so then they put you in a category of either sea, mountain, forest, or wind based on your personality type. And then they kind of guide you through this experience, right? So when you walk up to one of the pop-up stores, you'll have a screen that uses facial recognition and they're going to say like, oh, you're part of the sea tribe, right? And, they'll show you um, recommended products that are like tailored to what they think the sea tribe would like. So, I mean, that's, I guess it's kind of cool. I feel like out of all of my preferences, it's really hard to like just put people in four different categories because they probably span across a lot of different things. And I guess they've kind of thought about that. And so they're just starting off with that, but they have 120 cameras all throughout this, this huge store. Right. And um, the cameras are not supposedly for spying on people, but they're more for shopper analytics, right? Like, how are people moving through the store? How are the tribes moving through the store? And what, you know, how can they take that data and those analytics and better the user experience and kind of curate that shopping? So the other part of this is that there's tags on certain items. So think of, like, um, cosmetic products, hair products, little things like that. So you have a tag, you set it on a sensor, and then on the screen it'll pop up all the information. So it's displayed information about the product. I mean, overall, I think these are just lots of components that stores are currently doing. They're just putting it all in one place, and they're opening it up to any store. What I do like about this is that I think um, some of the stores, this is their first retail location, and they're specifically e-commerce stores. So this is like really um, an opportunity for them to stay more digital focused, but kind of show people like who they are and get to know those shoppers. Um, 
you know, I'm not sure that like the, ex- I, I think it'd be a great fun experience to do once, but in terms of shopping, do I want every shopping experience to do like, to be like this? Um, you know, and not to go like too far into, I, I don't know, like psychiatry or, or like what's going on in the human mind. But at some point, like, don't we want to still think for ourselves? Don't we want to still experience things for ourselves and not have somebody guide us through every experience we have? Um, you know, so I think that, it's cool, but at the same time, like how far is too far, right? When are we like, when do we have, do we have to all fall into a specific category of what we should or shouldn't like? It should just be like, what do you like? (laughs) What actually speaks to you? Right. I mean, it's like art, anything. Um, you know, some people have, everybody has a different taste in things. And so, um, what may speak to you is going to be completely than what speaks to me. That doesn't mean that we don't have similarities and things that we have of interest. Right. So, um, I think it's interesting. I'm not like super wild by it, but it's fidgetal. It's fidgetal. There you go. Um, let's you know, get I, fidgetal. Let's fidgetal. get fidgetal. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I, I like this. I, I mean, I have been uh, several times to Plaza Singapore. Um, you know, so like any shopping mall property owner, uh, I think, you know, they're having to find ways to reinvent, uh, you know, what that real estate footprint looks like and what the use cases are around it. And I think that, uh, you know, creating a space for what are primarily e-commerce brands that don't have physical presence uh, and giving them the ability to, to kind of have a pop-up location and showcase their product in the physical world, um, I think is a good thing. I think that makes sense. I think it helps these brands uh, create some brand affinity and, and exposure to potential new audiences who don't know them yet. Um, I mean, if you've never been to Singapore, these malls are massive. They are multiple floors upon floors and just spread across like, like anything you've ever seen. Like it's, it's, it's crazy, right? These, like they are, and, and what blows my mind is, is you have like a giant mall like this and then across the street is another giant mall and down the road is another giant mall, like literally all, you know, within like a mile uh, of each other. And, and it's, it's insane. And yet they're packed with people coming through to shop and experience things. So I think they're, they're great testing grounds for these things. And actually, as you were talking, I was like thinking, well, relating back to the standard cognition story, it's like, here's. You know, we're creating the tools, the toolkit, the technology of all the latest stuff that powers Amazon Go and letting any retailer do that. And in a lot of ways, what they're saying here with with uh, at Plaza Singapore is, look, you know, um, you're an e-commerce retailer, number one. Number two, you know, you need to, you know, start to get some exposure in the physical world. And when you do that, you want to kind of come off with the latest, greatest stuff. Like you don't, because you're not in the physical retail space as a traditional retailer, you don't have the, the innovation labs and all that kind of stuff yourselves. So let us be that for you. Let us bring the tags and the sensors and all those technologies into play and give you the ability to do that. And I think that's a little bit about kind of what's happening here. Um, you know, and, and the, the company that owns this property um, is, is called Capital Land. Uh, and these guys, I was at a um, shopping mall property owner conference that happens annually called Mapix, M-A-P-I-X, uh, in Con. Uh, two years ago, um, it's, it's in November every year. And I remember talking to these guys about, um, kind of their vision for sensors and, and tracking technology and all this kind of stuff, you know, and, and there was, I remember a specific conversation with, I, I don't remember who the individual was, but I remember this conversation about, you know, the, uh, the need for, 
sharper analytics, but the but the desire to have that be as anonymous as possible. So when you talk about these tribes, you know, I can see that sort of being a middle ground, right? Like of it's not individualized. It's not what you know, Bidu uh, is rolling out 10,000 screens in minority report style in South Korea that we talked about last week. It, it's, you know, it's identify with a group and we'll kind of show you things that we think associate with that group. Um, but it's not necessarily, to your point, specific to you because um, we don't know everything about you, but we kind of know a little bit about you. Uh, and so we're going to try to do what we can around that. And so maybe it's a good middle ground. Uh, so we'll see how it plays out. But like, good on them for I think, you know, sort of being the innovation arm and being the test bed for e-commerce retailers uh, who want that physical uh, exposure. So okay. yeah, there you go. So that is our uh, our three industry news stories for this week. So now we're going to shift gears um, and talk about what some of our members are doing. And uh, our first story is about Amazon. And, uh, you know, we talked about these guys in this context uh, way back around uh, the holidays coming up, in particular, you know, Black Friday and now uh, Christmas just around the corner. Uh, and Amazon had said back in the spring that they were going to capitalize on the demise of Toys R Us uh, by putting out their own uh, catalog, uh, print holiday catalog, shopping catalog, and sending that out to all these homes in the mail. Um, and so they've they've uh, followed up on that, and it's here. I don't know, have you received one of these yet, Brianna? No, I was like, where's my catalog? Yeah. I did get something, so I did get something that was for um, for Thanksgiving, um, since I'm a Prime member, like talking about the different turkeys that I could get through Whole Foods, which is awesome. Uh, but I was like, Still waiting on the catalog. Yeah. Here. So I, I mean, I'm up in Canada. I doubt. I, I doubt we're getting this up here because we still have <laughs> Toys R Us. Um, but yeah, if you get one of these things, maybe like in a subsequent show, you can kind of haul it out and we can we can show it. But uh, so it's called the Holiday <laughs> of Play. Uh, they're sending this out to millions of customers uh, this month. Uh, so hopefully you're you're all going to be getting one if you're an Amazon uh, customer. And, uh, and you can, you know, sit there and kind of browse through it with your kids uh, or, you know, your adult uh, uh, friends and, uh, and shop and uh, for toys um, of all sorts. And it comes with a, they, they, they're calling it a distinct retro look evoking memories of the old Toys R Us catalog that doesn't exist anymore. Uh, so they're really going hard at this, uh, trying to capitalize on this market, um, you know, that, uh, that Toys R Us is missing out on. And some of the toys in the catalog come with a QR code, uh, that you can instantly scan and shop for the products. Uh, you can also scan the products, uh, directly in the catalog with the Amazon app and get inform and get information on that and add them to your shopping cart. So it's a seamless experience from catalog to, you know, order. And, uh, yeah, I, I think they're going to do really well with this. Yeah, I love this. This is perfect. Um, I think I'll definitely like put this in front of my kids and be like, what do you like? You know, pick out one thing, <laughs> sort of a thing. Maybe you can tell Santa about it, you know. Um, so I think this is this is a, a genius idea and they're definitely going to capitalize on all the lost sales from Toys R Us this Christmas holiday. Yeah, and I assume Amazon they, is the new Santa. Yeah, and they say if you you can also pick these catalogs up at Amazon bookstores. I don't know how many bookstores there are. Like I know there's one in New York, right? Um, I don't know where else they have bookstores. Maybe you can pick these up at the Amazon Go stores as well. 
Um, that would make sense uh, to me. Uh, and they say other four-star locations. I don't know what that means. Uh, do you know what a four-star location is? No. <laughs> no. Me neither. But anyways, find your way to an Amazon holiday catalog. Shop for some toys. Try it out. Let us know what your experience has been like. And um, yeah. Peruse the catalog over Thanksgiving dinner. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. Okay, so we're going to go get fidgetal again with this next story, and um, this is Nike, right? So Nike is launching another flagship store, um, <clears throat> excuse me, in New York City. So they have a store right now in Shanghai. Their flagship store is in Shanghai, but uh, they are launching one in New York City. So this is going to be 68,000 square feet. This is huge, wow. like six stories. Um, and there's a lot of really cool stuff that they've done. So I think that they've taken some of the aspects that we just talked about in the last story, uh, my last story, and, and they have kind of applied some of those to the Nike store. So it's pretty cool. So, uh, you really need to have like the Nike app in order to enjoy a lot of these features and you have to share your location. So you kind of like check into the store when you, when you go in and there's, um, the first thing that you can do is called speed shop. So you can go ahead and say, like, here's the shoes I want to try on when I go to the store via the app. And when you walk in the store, right there on the first floor, there's this locker system. And one of the lockers has your name on it. You use the phone and the app to unlock your locker. Your shoes and the right size are there. You try on the ones that you wanted to try on. And then you check out with the ones that you like, whichever ones you decide to take home with, right? So that's pretty cool. So you can check out without standing in line. I think that's pretty amazing. So... Um, you put this the app in like retail mode, and then another thing that you can do is you can scan QR codes of items. So let's say you see like something that's on a mannequin that you like, or just anything that's on the rack that you like. So you can just go ahead and scan it, select the size that you want, and it can automatically be added to a fitting room for you. So an attendant will just add it in there. You'll have your own fitting room set up, and you can go ahead and try it on. So pretty seamless. I like that as well. Um, you could scan shoes and ask somebody like an attendant to bring those shoes to you to try on, uh, which is pretty cool as well. And then what, you know, I think it's kind of confusing. Like we think about how do I just like walk out with my items and not have to check out and not have to stand in line. It's like so foreign to us still, um, that it's kind of like, what do I do? Or am I going to, you know, is somebody going to follow me? Are they going to think I'm stealing something? Like it's so awkward. Right. So they've kind of created this station within the store that's like, here's your bags, and um, and then you can leave the hangers. So like you kind of go over there, you pack up your stuff, and then you just walk out, right? Because you've got it all in your app. So it just charges you right there. So it kind of takes out the confusion that's there, which is also um, a good thought that they, they had. I think that they really thought this through. Um, so like I mentioned, you have to have the app, and you have to share your location so I think what the real play of the flagship store is, honestly, is to promote the download of Nike's app so that they're getting all this data on their consumers and really figuring out who their key audience is, like even more and more detailed, more granular, getting that user behavior. Like what are they doing when they're not in the Nike store? Are they runners? Are they athletes? Are they just, you know, like hanging out? Like where do they go? What are their interests? I think that's the key takeaway here, honestly. But um, I love all the thought that they've put into this new flagship store in New York, and I definitely want to go check it out next time I'm up there. Yeah, I, I definitely want to get there too, and and um, and just walk through this and 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 kind of have that whole experience. Um, and, and you know, I think it's 
there seems to be a theme today, right, in these stories around this idea of technology powering seamless checkout and and removing friction uh, in the process. And I think you know Nike certainly embraced that here. But I'm with you. This is about this is about data collection, right? This is about the app. Um, and if you think about it, right, most uh, CPGs, most consumer product companies um, in general you know, for, for years relied on, you know, the retailer relied on the distributor relied on, you know, if you're Coke, the, the restaurant or, or the grocery uh, store to sell your product through to the end customer. And you didn't really have a relationship with the, with the, with the end user, with the customer itself. And I think everybody's trying to figure out how they can build that relationship directly with the customer and have an ongoing, you know, sort of dialogue and experience. And, um, you know, it's about engagement. It's about relationship. And I think um, the data that they're they're seeking here can empower that. And I, and I think that, um, you know, we, we as consumers, you know, have to, um, I guess, be, be open to that. We, you know, we're, I think for a lot of people, it's about saying, you know, here's the brands that that we care about. Here are the brands that we associate with, uh, are advocates of, um, and um, you know, and I think things like this give us the opportunity to just engage further with those brands, if we so choose to do that, right? If that's who we care about, like with my daughter. You know, all she talks about all day and wants to order is Adidas. And, um, you know, so if there's an app, you know, yesterday I got an app request about, you know, something to do with Adidas. And I haven't even gone through that, that you know, approved that yet for her because uh, I need to spend the time to see what it's doing. But um, <laughs> the reality is, is that, you know, I, you know, the when you connect to a brand and you build that uh, that relationship uh, between brand and consumer, um, there's a willingness uh, for further engagement and data sharing and and, uh, and so on. I think I think that's really what Nike is going for here, um, you know. And I think people who are already Nike fans and even those who aren't uh, are going to go to a store like this and want to kind of go through that experience, right? Uh, there's sort of retail tourism, if you will, uh, which will draw a certain amount of people into this. And then there's just the the pure Nike fan that will want to be there. And, you know, I'm, I, I guess I fall into both categories, you know, as a industry guy and, you know, I want to go and check it out and experience the technology. And as a Nike uh, fan of the brand, uh, you know, I want to, I want to learn more about uh, the engagement piece too. So. Yeah. So, you know, what this made me think of as well, though, is I think that this is starting to open up the door a little bit for um, startups that we've seen that are trying to like have this brand affinity, right? So I think this works well because we're talking about a flagship store and it's attractive to people, but I don't think it works for every Nike store. Um, what I do think though, is that if there is like a centralized location that a consumer can share their information, share their data, share their interests, um, and obviously, you know, their location behavior associated there, in order for brands to connect with them and at the ones that they like, right. And reach out at opportunistic and contextual times. That's, I think of like, um, what upside commerce has been trying to do, yeah. right. Or like other companies like that, like this is kind of opening the door for that where you have other, um, that maybe it's like, you know, they are working with something like a standard cognition where you bring that in store into a retail environment that's small, right like they may not be able to have that technology themselves or, you know, open this huge flagship store, 
but the ability to draw people in through one centralized location rather than having to download an app for every single brand that I like. Um, that seems like this is an opportunity for there. And I think that we're just now as consumers, like almost ready to digest that and ready to say, okay, I'm willing to give up information about myself for more value from these brands that I already purchased from. But for a long time, we've kind of been like holding on to that and we're not exactly sure why, but now we're figuring out the relationship. Like they want to know me better so that they can create things that I like more. Um, and they can market to me and I want, you know, special promotions and offers and discounts that I wouldn't usually get if I just go to the store when I want to. Right. So, um, it's that push pull and it's starting to make more sense and resonate, I think. So, yeah, completely agree with that. Um, all right. So kind of sticking with, uh, you know, this theme of, of, uh, embracing technologies and, you know, a topic that, uh, that came up, uh, at the last two retail logos, um, is, uh, our good friends at H and M are playing around with blockchain. And, uh, so they, they've, uh, they're running a, a pilot right now, a test, uh, project, um, in partnership with a Singapore based, uh, blockchain, uh, company called V chain. It's V E chain. Um, and essentially what they're, what they're doing here is, uh, they're embedding an NFC chip, uh, in product. Uh, the, the test product here is a, um, a, a wool beanie uh, that's part of their autumn 2018 collection. And basically, um, you know, through, a, through an app-based experience, you can um, open the VeChain app, scan the product's NFC chip, and then retrieve information uh, on it, including the material that's used, uh, who created it, the color, the supplier, kind of look back at the supply chain, you know, where this thing came from, how it was manufactured, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And I think it's, I think this is a good use of, uh, of this kind of technology. I think there's a demand within consumer um, mindset these days to understand where the products are coming from, how they're made, you know, kind of, we see this in grocery, you know, uh, locally grown, you know, organic, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and, and we're seeing this increasingly in demand in clothing uh, um, sales and production as well. Um, the same company, uh, VeChain, has, has, has got another project going um, with a, uh, uh, a sneaker uh, um, uh, play again here. So I don't know what it is with all the sneaker companies this week. But uh, SBTG is a shoe artist uh, that's working with Adidas, and they've embedded NFC chips in, uh, in a shoe there as well in a similar way. Um, you know, what's interesting for, for me in this story is, um, you know, as I was reading this and, and kind of thinking through this, you know, the, the company that kept coming into my mind is Blue Byte. Um, you know, and here's a company that's been part of the LVMA for, for a lot of years uh, and has done a lot of work in embedding, uh, you know, technology like this chips uh, into into product. I mean, they, they embedded the World Cup uh, soccer ball. Uh, for this last uh, uh, World Cup, with with a, you know NFC chip that you could track and have experiences with, they do this in shoes as well. Um, so I think what's interesting is is while I think a lot of the work that they've been doing has been focused on creating consumer marketing experiences, increasingly now uh, there's this bridge between the experience that we can create for for the for the you know the fans, the users, uh, consumers of the product. And then also the informational side of looking back into the supply chain. And that's where the blockchain 
you know, piece of it can, can really add value. And I think the marriage between the two is, is a smart one. So I like what they're doing here. I expect we're going to see a lot more of this uh, into 2019 and beyond. Yeah, I think this is a great application for blockchain and the aspect that um, more and more us consumers are, are feeling, you know, the need to be socially responsible, fiscally responsible with how we're spending our dollars, right? Mm -hmm. And understanding where the products came from, um, how are those sourced, you know, what's the labor practices behind those. Um, but up until now, it's been really hard to have kind of like a clear picture of what is happening. And this is kind of allowing us to have that clear picture. And if you can make those decisions very quickly, um, I think that's a great place for us to be. I, you know, one challenge that I have a lot of times is I feel like, uh, you know, a consumer will say like, oh, this company believes this because one person at the company believes that. Um, and so I'm not going to eat there anymore, or I'm not going to drink their coffee anymore, or, you know, whatever it may be because of a stance on something. And that's fine. I mean, I think we all have a right to do that. But I feel like if you're going to do that on, on like one issue, then you better research what every single company that you buy from, you know, is going to do. So maybe if that's what your perspective is, and you want to be, um, and you're really like, tied to being super, super responsible with your purchase in your wallet, then this is an opportunity, um, I think for people to, to make those decisions in an educated way. There you go. And that is our show for this week. Three great, uh, industry news stories, three member news stories, lots of talk about sneakers, uh, and sneaker companies. Um, but a lot of cool technology too. So, uh, you've been and, listening and fidgetal and fidgetal. Yes. And you've been listening to, Episode number 290 of This Week in Location-Based Marketing. We will be back next week uh, at some point. I will be in Europe, so we'll have to figure that out, Abriana. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we will uh, we will bring you 291 next week. If you have story ideas, if you have comments, if you have feedback, reach out to us on Twitter or by email or whatever channel you can find us on. There's lots. And uh, we look forward to chatting with you each week as we do. So have a great week. Bye. Bye.